After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. All right, everybody, welcome to Bolton from Bolton. This is the show where my brother Josh and I set each other up for lively hockey talk and banter. Josh, you're still in your staycation, are you? Yep, still living the dream. Living the Avoiding dream life. cottage. What is it? Avoiding life. Avoiding life. Perfect. Well, we're not avoiding hockey. We're talking <laughs> hockey here. Um, on this show, we're going to take up a couple questions, and then we're uh, going to make sure we end on our, our kind of predictions uh, per round. So stay tuned for all this. Um, I want to bring up a question. Uh, actually, another one from our own sister again. Said uh, Turin said, what was it like growing up in a household where everybody was rooting for a different team? And what we had was, obviously, I was Detroit, and you were Edmonton. Turin would like in the Leafs. My father liked the Habs, and then my mom mom didn't really care. She just kind of liked our teams, I guess. But she liked the Boston growing up, right, uh, yes. back in the day, right, with Bobby and all that, So, um, and Phil Esposito and all that. So she was kind of sympathetic to that. Um, and I'm sure everybody who's listening and watching this, you guys have got households where not everybody's on the same team. Um, and it can get pretty heated at playoffs, I imagine. Uh, I would like to hear uh, any funny stories you guys have. Um, I will, I have one that I can share. Josh, do you have anything you want to, uh, ha- kind of how you would answer that question to Turin? I always think back to Facebook and my favorite posts of all time, our friend Steve Grant over in St. John's, Newfoundland, huge Leafs fan. And he, he happened to marry his wife, Eve, who is a Montreal Canadiens fan. And w- when they play each other, they always do the picture of one of them with a happy face and one of them with a sad face. They're the, the funniest pictures going. I don't know how they do it, but it's hilarious. Excellent work, SP. Um, yeah, and, and I told the story last show uh, about in 2009 where I brought my wife back to Canada for the first time and, she, and we were right in playoffs and it was Pittsburgh and Detroit and everybody was hoping for Pittsburgh. And I would just inevitably somewhere in the heart as much as I live and die with the pens almost the same way I do with Detroit it was the Detroit kicked in and I couldn't help but hope for them the whole time that was something that was weird to deal with um even though for myself it was like me and I was a fan within myself in the same house uh, <laughs> my same self um but one story that stands out to me on this thing was back in 93 with the Leafs and the Red Wings and Borshevsky and OT oh man so it was game seven, and I was watching with – I recall that I was watching with Mom and Turin, and and uh, and, and I just – it was going to game seven OT, but yet I didn't feel worried or nervous. I just didn't understand that we could possibly lose. It didn't occur to me that we could lose. I don't know how I was in that zen place, but that's where I was. And Borshevsky just scored, and I was stunned. Out front again, Wells. Scores! Scores! Borshevsky's won it! The Leafs defeat the Detroit Red Wings in overtime. Two minutes, 35 seconds in. This has been an unbelievable turn of events. The Leafs march on, and the Red Wings have been eliminated. And 
of course, my mom and Turin just jumped up screaming like, you know, crazy. Like, oh my God, this is awesome. And then I was just stunned and staring. And I, had, I got up and I went up to my room. Yeah, I was just whatever. And then Turin had to come up to my room later and check and see if I was okay. And she felt guilty for having, a, uh, you know, uh, celebrated. So she's like, are you okay? And I was like, uh, I don't remember many of the details, but I do recall that that was uh, something. So there's a bit of a rivalry, but at the same time, obviously they're more concerned uh, for the loser than, than we are rubbing it in each other's faces. There were some dark times in the Bolton household that year. Holy. <sighs> Anyway, but uh, that's how it goes, guys. Again, like I said, I'd be curious to hear how you guys deal with your, uh, you know, rival um, family members, uh, especially at playoff time where it counts the most. Um, we had my own kids. My own kids sell me down the river here because uh, <laughs> my wife's father, Vernon, he's a huge Montreal Canadiens fan, and so my brother-in-law Craig is uh, a huge Montreal Canadiens fan, and then his son Ewan does what every son does and picks his dad's team, great. Or what every son should do. Well, my son did not pick the Oilers. Did not, would not. He, he wanted them to do well for me, but he actually was almost both uh, – he almost became a Montreal fan because it was the battle between me and granddad, and they were giving him Montreal stuff for Christmas and stuff like that. So we almost drank the Kool-Aid there, but not quite. And then uh, my daughter, out of nowhere, started liking the Leafs. Uh, I don't know why. Maybe because everyone around us hated them so much that she just decided, oh, I'm going to like them. I don't know. Either way, she's a a very backhanded, couldn't care less about NHL hockey Leafs fan. And my son went from – we kept wanting to buy – okay, we'll buy him a poster or a jersey or something related to his team. So we, we thought he was Montreal. And then he became Winnipeg Jets, which I thought, okay, great. He was Winnipeg Jets for long enough that I bought him a, a set with like it came with a, a scarf, a toque, and some gloves and something, and like a little uh, there was something else in there, four things in that pack. Winnipeg Jets. The day before I gave it to him, must like his birthday or something, he decided he was a Nashville fan, and this was before I even gave him the Jets gear. The day before. So here, okay, but he's stuck with Nashville. He's he's a Predators fan now, and he, uh, you know, he follows them, loves PK Subban. So I think that's his team. So I'm gonna grow up in a in a house with multiple teams, and we'll see how that goes. Yes, right. And I hope uh, that story is uh, very recognizable. I'm sure it is to many people. I don't want to name any teams specifically, but I uh, have often said in in some way that. People giving these people some some of the gear from the teams that they like, you're gonna have these kids grow up with complexes, right? Because you know, I get I say that I get emotionally up and down. Like if my team loses, it affects my day, right? So I thought if you're a fan of particular teams, you might you might have to be depressed or something, right? Get it gets this kid some wings gear. We're up and coming again, right? But anyway, uh, that's another thing. So you had something on. Um, Something with this, uh, you're, you're upset about something I heard, right? You were telling me about this uh, anthem thing. Go ahead. Carolina thing. Oh, well, like, it's the, it's the traditions. And I hate to see things that are special or unique to a team or a situation get 
get overblown and copied and then it loses all significance. So uh, we're getting, we're heading into the playoffs and I'm thinking about teams. It's not even traditions. Like it could just be something that happened one year. So for instance, the Carolina hurricanes and their whole bunch of jerks things with their celebrations after the, I loved those storm surges. I thought that was awesome, but it doesn't matter if I like them or not, whether you like them or not, doesn't matter. What's important is that that remains a Carolina Hurricanes specific and only thing. Some, if some other team came and tried to do some sort of equivalent of that, it would ruin everything that happened before and it would never catch on. They're stupid to even try it, I think. That, that it was a special thing. And in, in my opinion, even the Carolina franchise should recognize that as a special thing for that special group of guys in that special playoff run in that special year and just let well enough alone. So Let well enough alone. That, hearing that, by the way, I just will have to say in this context, I can't uh, help it. Seinfeld t- telling George uh, to go out on a high note. Showmanship, George, right? He always had the crowd and then he lost them because he went for another one, right? And then, you know, and then Jerry told him, George, you got to, when you get the crowd in your hands and you, and you got them, then get out, right? So don't go on and beat this thing to death, right? And kill it, like you're saying. Let them have that thing. It's special. It's magic for 2006, wasn't it? That's it. That, that was not the 2006 thing. For oh, Carolina. sorry. I, this is your story. I don't know what, you, what I'm talking about. So anyway, you tell me what you're talking about. But you, you still feel my point. That's what your, what your point is, isn't it? Don't try to ride that, these things that are special to a group. So tell me, tell me what it really right. was. Straighten me out. <laughs> <laughs> that was uh, just last year, the 2019 run, and their whole season and stuff. Like, yeah. So, uh, Don Cherry yeah, actually spreading ignorance on the show, everybody. Yeah, follow me. <laughs> Good God, just keep. But in 2006, what I what I mentioned in 2006 was the Edmonton Oilers and their run just happened to be Carolina, so that confused you. When Carolina won the cup. Yeah, I would, right. again, we'd love to asterisk that season. They took Rollison out game one. Should never have happened. <laughs> we won't go down that route anymore. Anyway, t- <laughs> the anthem singer for the Oilers in the 2006 run would sing the first few bars of O Canada and then would hold the mic out and the crowd would take over from there. And I recognize that there are times where someone will forget the words and the crowd will pick them up and carry it on. There'll be times where there'll be technical difficulties. And so the crowd will sing the anthem because crowds are awesome. But in situations with now where an anthem singer actually holds out the mic and encourages people to sing, it gets a bit tiresome at this point. I can't say for sure whether the Oilers originated that or not, but it was certainly special to that playoff run and particularly in the Stanley Cup Finals when they did it for their home games. It would suck to see that. Like, what if eight teams decided to do that the the year after? It would have sucked. So there's these little things that, like, Philadelphia has their thing with the anthem and what they do, and everyone has their little traditions. And it would be just like if another team decided, you know what, we want to throw an octopus on the ice. That's our thing now. Forget Detroit. We're going to throw an octopus on the ice every one of our games. 
Everybody knows what that is. So it's just it's just irritating when things get abused or overused, and then to the point where they're so insignificant. I don't I don't like it. Yeah, I hear you on all that one. So, like, I can hear, you know, the crowd can sing along. Everybody can, is welcome to sing, but they don't have to stop to let everybody, to hear everybody, right? You're there. They hire you because you can sing, right? We want to hear you. Go for it, right? Like you don't need to give up on it partway through. I don't see why you have to do that. I get your point on, uh, you know, just some, some things being for some cities and some moments or some groups, uh, moments in time and some groups. Um, I just uh, thinking about anthem singers. I can't help but think about Rene Rancor in, in Boston, and I just wonder how how his thing would go down this year if he were still doing it. If he's out there looking, looking around, like you want four fist bumps, and he's doing all that one, and then what would they pump in crowd noise to like <laughs> you know that guy was mm. awesome. I loved watching that every time. He'd be going for two, then you want three. You know, I don't know <laughs> when will it stop. Mom reckons eleven, but anyway. We- he, I think he went for four was his max, and that was. Pretty good, uh, Renee. But uh, I just I pictured like some of these anthems. Right now, he that's the in the last few shows that's like the third reference from the movie The Castle. So you have to watch that if you're going to get some of these these jokes. It's one of the, he turned me on to this movie. It's one of the best ones. We quote it all the time. So you're going to have to watch it if you want to keep up with some of this stuff. Sorry, guys. I just forget sometimes. I'm just talking to Josh, right? And we're just going on. So he's supposed to get an excuse me uh, from the castle. But Okay. Speaking of movies, also, you called me out on not knowing what a Kraken was because of Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah. But you called the movie when you did that, Pirates of the Caribbean. You never seen Pirates of the Caribbean? No. Yeah. I recognize, I recognize that people sometimes call the place the Caribbean or the Caribbean. But when you're talking about that movie, no human in existence other than you has ever in the history of that franchise referred to the movie Pirates of the Caribbean. You never seen Pirates of the Caribbean? It's always Pirates of the Caribbean. That's how you say the movie title. Mm. Pirates of the Caribbean. No. Uh, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I do say Caribbean. I don't know. I get. It. I guess this is like something like where I, you know, pe- people accuse the uh, Americans. They don't look outside their own, you know, their own backyard. They just only think America. North America maybe is guilty of all that itself. I live in Korea for 18 years. I'm around internationals like Aussies, Europeans, everybody. All my communities have various people, Americans, and just I, I just get uh, how I say things. I don't know. It just it happens a certain way, and I don't know. I, don't, I it's unconscious. It's it's the Caribbean. You know that people say that. So, and I'm I'm pretty sure people have said Pirates of the Caribbean. I don't know. I wonder. I it's guess maybe the Hollywood. Uh, nobody I know. Okay. <laughs> what do you think, folks? Yeah. What do you think? Emma? I mean, obviously, most people say Pirates of the Caribbean. I can. I'm not going to argue that, uh, especially on anybody watching this, probably. But you know, is it not okay to say Pirates of the Caribbean? Has nobody ever referred to it in the, any uh, press, any of these Hollywood people? Maybe they have. I don't know. Maybe. Foreign press? Maybe not, you know? I don't know. Maybe. I don't know how I got that. But anyway, okay. 
I'm going to put the Twitter poll out and see how many people pronounce it Pirates of the Caribbean. Okay. All right. Well, I'm getting to last year for uh, for my pronunciation of words. But anyway, we'll see. Um, <laughs> anyways, what was I saying? I was talking about oh, Renee Rancor, and I just thought in general about things. Uh, we had talked last show about things in the arena and how they are. The anthems, they were just they just kind of played the anthem. They didn't have a person come out and sing it, I guess. I don't know. I don't know if they're going to have anybody come out and sing them or if they're just going to go ahead with playing the recordings. Um, mm. But we'll see. We'll see what they did and what they do with it. Um, there's all kinds of questions that are going to be answered as we go along and watch this. Now, let's answer a few questions here, Josh. We had um, uh, some a friend of yours in there, some of Everett's friends, your son's friends, uh, twins, Jack and Finn, are they? they uh, yes. Hey, boys, they gave us some, uh, some good questions. Now, boys, I'm not going to take them all up today, but we will take one of them up, and we will in future shows, the other ones. But we will take up one today, and you asked us about 2020 Cup predictions, and I think that's something we have to get out before the uh, playoffs start uh, on Saturday. So... Why don't we just run through, Josh, and we don't have to give a big analysis. Uh, this is not – we're not breaking it down, the big analytics and all the players and all the whole thing. Um, but we're going to do the whole the whole series. So it's going to be a quick one. Tell me who you got, maybe a note or two on each one. Uh, what do you think of running through that way? Sure. Yeah. Well, let's do that. Okay. Let's, let's roll. You might have to refresh me in some of the matchups. That's all. I'm going to – I'll lay them out, and then you lay them down. And then me too. That's why you're the host. That's why you're the host, and I'm not. All right. Um, so I, I don't know if you wanted to, but I was going to try to not talk about the reseeding. I don't really, do you have anything to say on the reseedings before we start the series? Yeah. Like, it's like, Oh, Boston's going to stay seated. Number one. And they're going to get, you know, Washington's going to get bumped up. I mean, whatever. I mean, I I mean, those are going to be fun, great games. I mean, imagine these guys and they, it will make a difference, right? It'll be something that they're going to, you know, if you become a second seed versus, the third seed, it might be a big difference. Although some other team might get, you know, slotted in the wrong way. And you're like, Oh, I wish we had stayed in the third seed. <laughs> Who knows what's going to happen. But, um, right. you know, all, all things equal, I'm sure you'd want to be the top seed. So they are playing for something. It's going to be exciting. I'm not saying that. I just don't really want to say who's going to come out and be receded on top of that stuff. Um, mm. Yeah. All right. We'll just do the play in rounds. Got it. So uh, we'll start in the East. I got it right in front of my face. Pittsburgh Penguins, Montreal Canadiens, who you got? Why? I don't think Montreal Canadiens are beating the Pittsburgh Penguins. That's all I have to say on that. And that's all I have to say about that. That was supposed to be my Forrest Gump. I don't know. It wasn't very good. But anyway, um, that's uh, – you know what? I'm right on board with you. I want to give people some hope, uh, you know, Montreal people. I can – you know, you can imagine anything. This is the playoffs. And actually, that's a good point right now. Before we even go on, I – I don't think anybody's predicting the playoffs. I mean, whatever, however you analyze the thing and get down, you're not predicting it. And it's not just because everything is so unpredictable. We don't never. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Seen this before. It's because the playoffs are impossible to predict in that way. Like who, these days particularly, right? Who is going to call the champion? I dare somebody to call a 
call a champ now, you know, with some, something behind it, some stakes behind it. Um, so it's fun to do. And I do think there are some people, I do expect certain things in certain series, but you know, I'm not, uh, you know, betting the, betting the farm on any of this stuff. Uh, however, uh, Pitt, Pittsburgh is my pick. I want them to win for one, but I also just think, what are you going to do? Like it's, you know, Montreal, um, you know, thought they were, thought they were out. They were sellers. They got rid of some guys. And I mean, I just don't know if you have enough to keep up with the depth of the Penguins. Everybody Gensel's back. Everybody's slotted where they're supposed to be. And then even if they don't have guys out, they have other ones that come in and it looks pretty solid. So they're as deep as anybody. Uh, they're, they're a potential cup champ. They're in uh, as far as I'm concerned. Now, Carolina, New York Rangers, who you got? This is one of the tougher ones to pick for me, I, I believe, because the Rangers are just a team that, I don't know, there's just something where you don't want to sleep on them. I don't know. But I, for the sake of having the pattern go the way it should go for the Carolina Hurricanes, as far as you're supposed to do to recover, then do pretty well but not get that far, and then get kind of far, but not quite win it all. So now they're on the route where they should be going pretty deep. So I want to see them go just for the sake of that pattern following itself. But it's, it, so I'm going to pick Carolina for that reason. Okay. But it's, this is one of the, this is probably the toughest series for me. Yeah, it's definitely among my toughest. Uh, I can't say, I, but I do just have the Rangers. I just think they've, they're feeling it in the right way. I mean, it's hard to say who's feeling it because they had such a long break, but they're looking good. They're looking as good as anybody. I don't think this seed reflects where they, who they, what they really are. Deep in goal, good goaltenders, and you got Lundqvist sitting back there. I don't know, but hey, you can make a case for both, um, but I'm calling Rangers for it. Uh, just You got to be official. At least, at least make a stand somewhere. New York Islanders and Florida Panthers. Who you got? I have the Islanders all day, every way, and twice on Sundays. Wow, that's very interesting. I <laughs> somehow got, I somehow got to like. Here's the only thing I have. I have the Islanders because you just see them all the time. They just play that right playoff hockey, and they just they're awesome. Like they're just strong. They just look like they're not going to lose. Like not that they're going to win, but how can you beat them? But then. Maybe it's because of Florida. I just have so much experience. Them always beating up on Penguins and Detroit. They always do well against them. So I have this fear of Florida. So maybe Islanders don't have that. So I kind of feel like Florida, man. I just I'm always they always seem strong. But I, I guess a lot of that used to be Trocheck, and he's not there anymore. Part of it was it for me. So mm. um, I think ultimately I will say New York Islanders as well, but just not quite as strongly as you did, just because of my I have no such trauma. Fear. Yeah, just my trauma with the Florida. Florida always beating my teams. Um, Toronto Maple Leafs, Columbus Blue Jackets. What do you got there? As much as I hate to say it, and as much as I want to see Torts stay in the playoffs for as long as possible, I'm going to go with the Leafs on this one. Okay, do you have anything else to add or just Leafs, let it rest? Because the Leafs can't lose now. It just, it's not allowed to happen. They have to at least get out of the qualifying round. For the love of God, let them get out of the qualifying round. All right, there you go. You know what? I have to say, 
that I'm, I'm kind of on board, right? I gotta say that the least, like you just, it, I feel really weird betting against uh, Columbus. You just saw them sweep Tampa Bay. Mm. They are playoff built and people can, can make a case and criticize at least for not really being playoff built that whatever you want to call it, the grit, the, the D depth, um, the, they have the top six depth, but do they have the, all the depth that you need for a playoff run, but for a playoff series against Columbus, who's just not as strong a team, the, the least firepower just might get it done and they've got a good goaltending. I mean, they've, they're a good team. So um, they're better than Columbus. So why shouldn't they win? And I just feel like they might not have all those pressure of the nerves. Like I said, the kind of that emotion coming out of the crowd. Uh, if something goes wrong, they won't really be feeling it from, they can feel it on the bench, but maybe not that from the crowd and uh, all of that might help them. Uh, I'm not going to call in. They're going deep and winning the cup, but they're, I'm, they're getting out of that round. First round, I'm saying, or they're getting into this final 16. So, yeah, Leafs. All right, so we'll move on to the West now. Uh, maybe on the West, I'll, I'll go first. I mean, I I certain, I wasn't taking anything off of yours. I already had my mind made up, uh, just for the record. But just to make it more fair, I guess, so we should, you know, I'll do it. So, um, we've got Edmonton and Chicago. She's, uh, it's a tough, I'm taking the oil. I mean, I, they just, what are you going to do? Leon Dreisaitl, we talked about him a lot in the last, in the first few shows. Connor McDavid, the whole team is relatively pretty deep. Chicago has that Chicago thing. You mentioned something you hated. They were like, you just hate that they're good, but then what was it? You said they're good, but they're not good or something. Well, they have, I don't know. They just don't seem to have any business losing because they're too good. And yet they're not good enough to be good, but they're almost like they could be good at a moment's notice for as long as they need to be to to piss someone else off or ruin someone else's chances. And then they'll just go back to not being good again. For example, they're ruining your dreams in this first uh, round, which as they might. Right. But like, exactly. Yeah. Like they just know how to win. So yeah. even when they don't win, you still have to wonder if they're going to find a way to. Yeah. And I, and I would never, uh, you know, I can't counter that argument. I'm just going to say though, ultimately they are not as good as Edmonton and Edmonton is just going to do it, man. They're feeling it. I mean, you know, Connor's excited. Look out for that. Yeah, um, who do you got? The Oilers are ready. The power play is too strong. How, you can't contain the power play, and you can't not take penalties on these guys because they're too fast. So there's yeah, really right. no way around it, unless the referees allow some of the holding and some of the grabbing and stuff. You got guys like Anastasiu and uh, McDavid. Dreisaitl's just really powerful. You have a lot of speed on that team. Nuge. I mean, you're going to be pulling on these guys a lot. They have the puck a lot. And you're going to be pulling on them a lot. And if you don't, you're going to get scored on. And if you do, you're going to get scored on anyway because their power play is too good. Oh, man. Yeah, you mentioned Athanasio. Sorry, just to have to have to say it's a little bit of a sore spot with me. He got 30. He had 30 goals for us a couple seasons ago. And then I started to read something that Stevie Y um, was – he wasn't his cup of tea is what they said in the report and all that. And I was like, Oh God. And then he did trade him. And ultimately I'm going to, you know, Steve obviously has good reasons what his vision is, what he wants. And I can understand why he's not his cup of tea, but I was just like, Oh man, God, you can't throw away 30 goals for nothing on our team. Like, come on. And this guy, he, if you could just work with him, but um, I guess he just thought, no, we'd better get something else back for him. And Hey, it's a boon to the oil. Um, if I was going to try a little dad joke here on you, I always call him uh, Andreas Athanasiu later. 
because this guy flies and he just right on now when he's Edmonton, like they just got that much faster. He was the fastest dude. If you don't know oil, oil fans, watch this guy. This guy is awesome. Hands, disgusting speed. Does it at speed. He's a beast. Uh, old Andreas, man. But, um, you know, I'm still uh, down with Stevie Wise vision in Detroit. All right. Nashville and Arizona. Um, this one here. Oh, now I feel bad. You mentioned uh, Everett uh, recently, but I have Arizona. Um, there's, there's good reason to choose Nashville, and why wouldn't you? But um, I just think this Rick Tockett coached Arizona team, I don't. I think he's going to scare them into not losing. Like, it's just, I don't, I, I just don't see <laughs> what, what you're going to do. So, I mean, Nashville's good. I mean, what can you say? I, again, this is a very tight one. <laughs> Rick Tockett, oh, man. Um, that team, I just don't want, I wouldn't want to play Arizona. I'm calling them, call the Coyotes. What do you got? So just to summarize, you have Arizona because they're going to be too afraid to lose for fear of Rick talking. Yeah, this is top level analytics on the show, everybody. This is what you're getting All right, when you tune in here, right? Rick talking, <laughs> fearful, boys are not losing. Certainly not the first uh, round. They're getting in. I'm going to take Nashville. And it's mostly because when Dallas beat out Nashville, every time my son sees a Dallas Stars logo, he, like, stabs it or <laughs> lights it on fire or things like that. that. Or at least that's what he wants to do. He keep really an eye on this child, that. but keep going. Yeah. <laughs> he really hates the Dallas Stars. And I don't want to see him have to hate every team one by one every year when he grows up. So they're going to beat Arizona. All right. For Everett's sake, I hope that's, I hope it's true. All (laughs) right. So Vancouver in Minnesota, we've got, uh, I'm going Vancouver. Um, I, you know, again, what can you say? There's nothing to argue really against Minnesota. I think people can make an argument and they could, they could be right. Um, it's not like, oh, it's pretty obviously Vancouver's going to win. No, but um, I just I just like this team so much. I, I prefer that they win, um, but also just I, I think they just have a stronger team. Uh, one thing we mentioned, I compared uh, Drysaddle to Datsuk a little bit. If you're talking about Datsuk comparisons, this kid Pedersen, Elias Pedersen, or however they decide they're pronouncing his name out there. Sorry. This kid, man, I love. He's like my new favorite player, basically, almost. Like I, I want to just watch him, and it's gonna drive me in to to maybe Vancouver for the next uh, decade, enjoying this. This kid, man, look out! So I'm excited to see him in playoffs and what he's gonna do. And of course, they have a whole uh, band around him. So I mean, that team is is uh, fun and and awesome, and they're gonna win. What do you got? Well, so. <laughs> See, I feel really bad for Minnesota because they've been a just barely playoff team for a while now, and they've never really been able to go over that hump. And then you have a team like Vancouver, who was really high in the 90s and then went really low and then went really high again in the 2000s, like the 2010 era, and then went really low again. Like really low. And then now they're back high again. They're on their way up. And you want to reward that. And then you have a team like Minnesota, who has been almost good, but kind of bad, and then kind of good, 
and they've just been like that forever. And they just they just don't do anything either way. So you almost want them to just just once, just just go for it, just do it, just make something happen, just give us something. But I like what Vancouver's done more. So and I want a Canadian team to go. And so because I don't really care so much about this series, honestly, either way, it won't break my heart either way. I'm going to root for Vancouver just because they're Canadian. There you go. All right, then we got the final series, Calgary and Winnipeg. Everybody look out over there. That's heated. Um, Calgary, Winnipeg. I, I almost feel like I have it circled. I have what I decided, but I almost don't want to say it because I'm almost like, Oh no, I meant the other one, but then I, I got Winnipeg ultimately. I don't know. Calgary seems like they should win to me, but then I just thought Winnipeg is just, they're, they're just, they've been so strong recently and they're so frightening. I know they don't have the whiteout going there now and all that, um, but they do have Halibut and he's a, can white out that net on his own. And I don't know how you're going to beat them. Um, and just, and they've got firepower. They just, they're just a good team. Now, Calgary, I mean, they're a very good team too. It's so funny. I'm just in my own mind. I'm hearing like other people, like, let's say you're already on Calgary. You love And you're just like, yeah, is that what you think? And then I'm just like, oh, because I got it both ways. Right. Um, so I'm not, it's hard. It's really hard to pick these two Canadian teams. A um, lot of, a lot of passion in here, but I uh, just have to pick one. I have to circle one. Winnipeg winning. What do you got? You just, I just had something trigger in my head about Winnipeg. And here's, here it is. I got all on board. When Winnipeg, the new team, came in, I'm all excited. Oh, hockey is back in Winnipeg. They have the awesome uniforms. Everyone loves the arena, the white. Let's just do this again. But it, it goes back to what we talked about traditions at some point. It bothers me now. The more I think about it and the more we have – new team names coming up and stuff. Don't call them the Jets. We all want the Winnipeg Jets, but the Winnipeg Jets were before. And now calling this team the Jets, and then you're trying to look up stats. And the more I get into this and try and look up players and stuff, and it's like, did you mean the Winnipeg Jets of the 80s and 90s, or do you mean this Winnipeg Jets? Who are, you know, and it's so stupid. Like, everything that now that Winnipeg Jets sort of, thing is you want to compare it to the Winnipeg Jets of the old and you want to get behind them and you want to be like yes they're gonna they're gonna redeem that team that couldn't quite get was stuck in a division with Calgary and the Oilers and couldn't quite get through and now you have the Jets playing Calgary and they've had a couple of good playoff years but then just disappointment and now they have a chance to squash Calgary like they could have back in the real days of hockey and it's like but no, this is a new team. It's basically like a new franchise. You could call them the – I created a team in NHL uh, 2004, I think, was the last time I played an NHL video game, and I put it in career mode, and it was uh, a team from Lausanne in Europe. I made them the Lausanne Lasagnas, and we won mm. the cup. Yummy. That's, to me, the, you could, the Winnipeg Jets are just the Lausanne Lasagnas to me. They have a very short history, you know. Uh, the more I thought about this, and I'm like, okay, great. Two, it's unfortunate that two Canadian teams are playing each other. And you want the Winnipeg Jets to do well. But the more I think about it, the more I want the Winnipeg Jets to do well. 
And this new franchise still has to win me over. And they haven't because they've gotten so close and they've been disappointed. And until they do something to, to prove to me that I should care about them, then the Calgary Flames have done that. They have done, especially being an Oilers fan and watching those battles. I want to see a battle of Alberta. Oh, the Calgary Flames have done a lot of things right, and, and they're playing very, very well. So I think that it would be better for them and for me as a hockey fan if Calgary were to get out of that series. And, and to me, they should be. Yeah, and a battle of Alberta alone is a reason to want them to win. Imagine getting that in the playoffs. Are you kidding me? Now, I hear what you're saying now. You're making me think now, um, you know, it, it is a new franchise. It's not the Winnipeg Jets because we, we talk about the Winnipeg Jets, Arizona Coyotes franchise. They always say in the history of that franchise. So what are the Winnipeg Jets now? There's something else. And this brings up a question to me now. If we have the Quebec Nordiques and then they go ahead and it's the Colorado Avalanche and that franchise is a franchise, what if we get a team back in Quebec? What are they going to do? Are they going to try to be the Nordic and again and try to capture all that stuff? Or are they going to be something new? Because we already have a franchise that's in Colorado, which is that franchise that's still existing as in a new uh, incarnation. So what are we going to do then? Well, that's an interesting question maybe for some of you guys. But I think we better not go down too far uh, down the rabbit hole. We better go on a high note. Showmanship, Josh. we got to get out of here. We've set our predictions right? Um, at least first round predictions. Maybe we'll give you something a little more after the final 16. But as I say, we're getting out right now. Let us know what you guys think and enjoy the playoffs and we'll see you as they start. I am going to put a poll on Twitter about pronunciation of Pirates of the Caribbean. Can I put a poll out about the pronunci- pronunciation of pronunciation and everybody says that? The word is pronunciation, people. I hear it's not just you. It's, I hear it so many times people do that. What's the pronunciation of that word? I'm like, well, guess what? You're disqualified from commenting on it because you just said pronunciation. The word is pronunciation, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) All right, that's it for me. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. 